0: Get the guide straight to your inbox at melaninandmiles.com slash free. Hey everyone, welcome back to Melanin and Miles. It's Janelle here, and after a much-needed break, we are finally back to recording and sharing Black travel stories from around the world. Before we get into the episode, I just wanted to give one quick update, and it's that our episodes will now be coming out every other week instead of weekly, just so we can sustainably keep up with the podcast and not have a repeat of what happened over the last two to three months. Um, I know we haven't had many episodes coming out, but thank you so much for all of the support. All of the emails and DMs that like I have personally received. It really means a lot that like you guys are really interested in hearing these travel stories and it's something that people actually want to hear. So it's really what kept me motivated to want to keep the podcast going after such a long break. So thank you again for being so patient with us. And with that, let's just hop straight into the episode. This week we are going to welcome back Katrina. Katrina had done an interview last season and talked a lot about her different travel stories she had left her job to travel the world for 20 months and lived her life on her own terms she's an enthusiastic world traveler and digital nomad and she gives lots of advice on career breaks money and travel and and that advice has been shared across various outlets like Forbes Magazine and Smarter Travel, uh, Yahoo, and so much more. So welcome back, Katrina. We're so excited to have you.
1: Thank you for having me back. This is really, this is fun and exciting. I'm happy to be here.
0: <laughs> I guess just for a quick recap, in case anyone's in hear your last episode, and if you haven't, you should go back and check it. But just a quick recap, can you just tell us like a little bit about yourself, like How you really got involved in travel, where you're originally from, and like how it all ended up turning into like a travel lifestyle.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, the quick version of my story uh, I grew up in West Virginia, so kind of in the middle of nowhere, sort of, and definitely travel was not a part of my experience, um, growing up, but it was a dream I'd had for a really, really long time. Like even as a kid, I remember just having the sense of wanderlust and wanting to see the world. So, um, I got a passport. I did travel a lot domestically in the United States, but, um, I got a passport at 26, but I still couldn't quite pull the trigger to use it until I went to business school, which was right before my 30th birthday. And then I purposely picked a school where I was going to kind of break the seal and be able to travel. And I did that and it was amazing. Um, I traveled probably, I would say, like maybe eight countries um, during my two years there. I studied abroad in Barcelona first semester, which was epic. And then it was kind of like the seal was broken, and I really wanted to make more of travel, but my corporate life, right? So I'd been an actuary in my first career for eight years, got my MBA, and then went into a second career as a market researcher. And it was just impossible to find the time to travel. So I ended up, as you as you mentioned, Saving up um, 40K in 18 months, quit my job and traveled around the world until I went broke, which was about 20 months and got to see so much of the world. And I find that there is a way of being and a lightness that comes for me with travel and a sense of presence. And, you know, travel for me comes in seasons. I won't be a digital nomad forever, but I have been a nomad for about four and a half years. And, um, I just, I, there's so much to appreciate about travel. So that's kind of how it got sparked for me and the journey to get to this point.
0: Yes. We love to see it that you've been able to do this for so long, like four and a half years is a long time (laughs) to be traveling full time. So I know we talked a lot about some of your previous trips in the last episode, but what have you been up to recently? Have you done any trips in the past couple months?
1: Yeah, so they've been domestic trips. I've sort of just traveled around the U.S., but um, I'm getting ready to head to Mexico uh, next month, which I'm excited about. I've been to Mexico, I think, three times, but I've never been to the Yucatan, so like... Playa del Carmen area. And um, this is one of my favorite ways to make travel accessible is points and miles. And I have Hyatt globalist status and I am, I am gunning to repeat that next year. And there's a, a bonus going on. So I'm headed down there to stay at some all inclusives with points, which I'm very excited for to, to requalify for my status. So I'm very excited for this trip. It's going to be very bougie and I'm very happy for that. <laughs> we love it.
0: Um, I know the points really be coming in like joy the co-host she has flown so many places like for free with first class with (laughs) with her points so I definitely would take advantage too. (laughs) yeah it's so awesome and that's cool you're going to Mexico i'm going to guatemala next month so it like kind of close it's like right oh below. yeah where in guatemala <laughs> are you going so we're going to go to antigua and lake adilan and i'll also be in guatemala city for just like a night um because of the, like the time my flight comes in i have to stay there
1: okay that's yeah guatemala is a really um i i liked my time in guatemala i didn't make it Um, to Antigua, but I spent some time in Shayla, which is where a lot of the language schools, the Spanish language schools are. Um, And it was a really, it was a really interesting country from the little bit I saw. Nice.
0: And I'll definitely be sharing travel stories in that trip once I come back. So be on the lookout for that (laughs) (laughs) if y'all are interested. So you did a lot of domestic travel. What advice would you give to someone that maybe feels like You know, if they, they feel like they need to travel super far to be considered like well-traveled.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's such a good thing. You know, I think for, for how I would define well-traveled is really being exposed to different cultures and, you know, different ways of life, different landscapes and things like that. And so you can find that without going really far. I mean, definitely going far usually guarantees that things are going to be different than how they are in the place where you live or the place where you've grown up. But, you know, I grew up in West Virginia and even within the United States, when we talk about landscape and culture, um, there's there's a big difference between where I grew up and New York City or where I grew up and New Orleans or where I grew up and being out, you know, in the Utah, Colorado area, going to see a bunch of the national parks. Um, but travel doesn't have to be um, far reaching, but I think if you can afford it, it's amazing. I will say the greatest sort of sense of culture shock that I had was going to Southeast Asia, which is, you know, on the opposite side of the world, it is very, very far. So, you know, if you can do it, it's amazing. And it definitely will stretch you and expose you to new things, but you don't have to feel pressured. I think to go far, to be well-traveled. I think it's just being exposed. Like, am I exposing myself to different ways of thinking, different ways of being different food, different cultures, um, you know, different points of view.
0: Yeah. I 100% agree. Um, I mean, while traveling across the world is nice and fun, it doesn't mean, like, you're not interested in travel if you can't do that. Like, it's perfectly okay to just go to the next town over. Like, if you haven't seen it before, it's a new experience for you. So that's really exciting and can still be fun.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, I think there's so much to be said for going on your own path. And I know some people, you know, might be deemed well-traveled, but they literally go to just the hot spots where every tourist or every yeah. expat lives. And it's like, well, have you seen anything new? I don't know. I could find <laughs> your whole journey on Instagram. So I think there's a lot to be said for just letting it be, um, letting it be true to you and what you're interested in and kind of finding your own way with it.
0: Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Cause I feel like that's Like we we are a travel podcast and sometimes I feel like we could come off where it's like, yeah, you have to go to the middle of nowhere in Africa to be considered like (laughs) well-traveled. And it's like, it's not true. Like you really could be doing staycations and it would still be a really cool experience. Absolutely. Yeah. So last episode, we talked a lot about some of your travel stories, but not all of them. And I know for a fact, you've been to like Vietnam for like a couple weeks or a month, Mm -hmm. and then you were in Buenos Aires for a while. And like you said, you studied abroad in Barcelona. Um you also did like a cruise at sea that went from like Barcelona to Brazil. You did a lot.
1: So (laughs) I did a lot, yes.
0: You can pick any one of those stories to like further expand
1: on because I know we did hit them all in the last episode. Oh yeah. Okay. Um further expand. I would say, oh my gosh, there's so many good ones. So (laughs) I would say that my time in Buenos Aires was awesome for for so basically twice within four years, I decided to go there and live there for a month. So I would rent an Airbnb for a month because you get a huge discount usually when you rent for a month versus like weekly rental or daily rental. And I just picked a nice, the nice neighborhood and I went there and I was like, I'm just gonna be here and I'm gonna have one adventure every day. So it might be a coffee shop. It might be a gluten free bakery because I have gluten energy. It might be to see the Recoletta Cemetery. It might be to go see um the library that used to be an opera house. Um, but it was just picking something. It could be big, it could be small. And I would just let my day flow around that adventure. And I feel like Buenos Aires doesn't always get the love that it deserves because I think it's a place that is best discovered slowly over time. It's a very vibrant city. And I don't think it's necessarily the same level of tourist hotspot as like a Paris or something where it's a bunch of flash and you can see it all at once in like in five days, see all these incredible epic things. I think it reveals itself to you slowly. But what was really fun about Buenos Aires is that I recently um, did a reading uh, for astrocartography, which marries kind of astrology with um, maps, and it tells you based on like where you were born, the time you were born, the place you were born, um, what, where lines of planets, the way they were organized when you were born, like great places for you to go. And the craziest thing is my Jupiter line runs right through the city of Buenos Aires. And I always described this happy feeling that comes over me when I'm there. So that was a really fun thing, but I just, for me, it was the people, the color, the food, the sounds, the sights, the language, um, Oh my gosh, it was just so much fun. The only thing is it's a lot of meat. So um, I had to work really hard to find my vegetables because um, I was feeling not so great after about two weeks of just eating nothing but meat. But outside of that, it was, it was a really amazing experience.
0: Yeah. I understand that struggle of like not finding, I was vegetarian for like a long time during college and For places or countries that like don't have a lot of vegetables, (laughs) it does get hard. That's really cool. What was that book called again that you mentioned?
1: Yeah. Oh, actually I did a reading. So the study is astrocartography. And, um, yeah, I did a reading with someone, but he had a map. So it's like a Google map, but it, um, you put your info in, it's like a purchase. It was like $40. You put your info in and then it like gives you a link to a map that's special to you. And so what was really exciting for me is that, um, Hawaii actually. So the big Island in Maui also have a line running through it. And I've never been to Hawaii as many countries as I've been to, I've been to about 40 countries. I've never been to Hawaii, which is, you know, part of the U S so, um, I'm excited to make that on my, at the top of my list.
0: Yeah. Maui is my favorite island in Hawaii. Oh, really? um, Definitely go there. (laughs)
1: Okay. It's on my list.
0: I guess I I haven't posted about it on the Melanin and Miles account, but like on my personal account, I've definitely shared like a lot of like my Hawaii travel stories. And um, if you're really into nature, Maui is definitely like the place to be. You have like roads to Hana. There's so many like waterfalls and hiking paths and the snorkeling there is amazing. Like you're guaranteed to see like a bunch of sea turtles swimming around you and stuff like that. It's just really beautiful.
1: Oh, that's so good to know. Yeah, I'm really I'm excited to see that. So Maui is 100% um, on my list and I feel like there's so much I want to learn about the culture and the people too before I go, but I'm really excited for the nature.
0: Going back to Argentina, my friend had studied abroad there one summer when we were in college and It was just funny how you brought it up and it being underrated and stuff because, I don't know, we weren't really thinking Argentina was going to be, I don't know, different. We just didn't think it was like in the Southern Hemisphere. And so it was summertime and she went down with all of these like bathing suits. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And like (laughs) summer clothes. And yeah, it's a winter there. Yeah. (laughs) Not warm. Yeah. And so it was just like a very funny story to look back on. Like, why did we think this, was- yeah. <laughs> this is
1: what you would need? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That wouldn't be quite as much fun. I purposely went like heading into summer. So
0: yeah, that's much smarter.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a that's a really cool trip. Like I definitely I haven't been I really want to go and I feel like I would probably go like now or like in the winter time for us. So it was like it'd be nice when I go down there. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And you know, I was so surprised at how incredibly affordable it was. So crazy thing is I went down there, you know, four years apart, 2014. And then I went again in 2018 and both times I was there for about five weeks in total. And when I added up the amount of money that I spent, it was off by only a hundred dollars each time. So the first time it was like $1,800. And I think the second time was like $1,700, but that was me renting a really nice Airbnb in, um, the, like one of the best neighborhoods and eating out all the time and, you know, just doing the things I wanted to do going on tours. And it was so affordable. And I almost went at the end of last year, but my grandma ended up having a heart attack. And so I decided to cancel that trip, but you know, you could find at that time, a very nice Airbnb for like six or $700 us for a month in the, in the Palermo um, district. So I'm like, it's a really great place to be. And it's so affordable that it just makes it makes it a no brainer for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. The whole country is like really big. So did you get to travel like outside of um, Buenos Aires or were you able to or were yeah. you just kind of like focus on the city?
1: Yeah, I spent most of my time in the city, but you're right. That country is so huge. I really had no idea until I was there and like tried to figure out how to get to like Iquazu Falls Or um, you know, over to Salta. And it was, I mean, I was like, oh my God, that's how far it is. So I would (laughs) highly recommend if you're going in advance to do the intra-country airline because it's it can be affordable if you're buying it in advance. It's not so affordable if you're doing it last minute. But I did make it out to Mendoza for a week, which is wine country, and that was really cool. Mendoza was a, a beautiful, kind of like a smaller town. And then um I traveled one time with my then boyfriend, and he was a more adventurous dude. And so we went to Mendoza and then he convinced me that we should take this bus tour ride out to, I think it's Aquanagua, but it's like this high peak in the Andes and it's kind of near the border of Chile. Um, so we did that, but it was so, all of that was so far. I think we took like a 12 hour overnight bus ride to get to Mendoza and then and then to go to Aquanagua was like another bus ride. It was like very, very far. So I recommend flying if you're short on time.
0: Argentina is like pretty uh, like a huge chunk of South America like yeah it, it definitely is. has to be a long a long bus ride
1: yeah and I didn't even realize how far it is from the U.S. it's like 12 flying hours from Atlanta it's far oh wow it's long yeah it's far and it's long because that country is long yeah did you have any like layovers or was that like a direct that was a direct flight I oh think it was goodness. on Delta yeah it was like 12 flying I was like holy moly <laughs> Well, if you go down there, I guess you do need to
0: stay for at least a week because
1: that's, yeah, a, long, you <laughs> that's do. a long flight. You really do. The only benefit is that, um, you know, if you fly 12 hours to Southeast Asia, then you have the immense time difference. But the lucky thing was that at least when I landed, my body was like my body clock was on the same time.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, And then like when I flew to Asia I had layovers which helped and I would kind of like spend the night in like one area and just get to visit a different country before I got to like a place I needed to be yeah that's smart
1: to break it up yeah to make it a little bit more fun that's just like I don't know that's me personally I
0: don't mind taking like long layovers it's like a two-for-one deal like you get to visit like some country (laughs) for like
1: 24 hours or 48 hours
0: and then you finish off the rest of your trip at the place you actually wanted to be
1: yeah. I love that sense of adventure. Sometimes I get cranky with layovers cause I'm like, Oh my God, I've got to le- learn like a new public transit thing. And I've got to figure out the currency. But, um, <laughs> when I'm feeling adventurous, it's always been fun. Sometimes I'm just a cranky traveler that way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're getting to that point where it's probably time to wrap up, but I guess for final questions, do you have any upcoming travel plans that you want to share?
1: Oh, um, Yes. So, well, Playa del Carmen is like my big, super right. exciting one, which is like the one I'm most looking forward to. Um, and I'm just, I'm really excited for it, but I also, uh, I'm going out to Los Angeles in like a week and then mm-hmm. I'm stopping in Las Vegas on the way back. And I'm really excited to just go be warm and go out and yeah. see some sunshine. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. And then in Vegas, like I've just, I sort of have this, like a bunch of points and miles and coupons and all kinds of crazy things that are going to expire. And so I've decided to like maximize that three days. So I'm like renting a car and I'm like looking up all of the amazing food I want to eat. And I have like $300 in free play at the casino that I want. And so like, I'm going to spend that. Yeah. So I'm (laughs) like, I'm going to make it the most amazing three days in Vegas um, before I head back to the East coast.
0: Yeah, definitely. Take it all in. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, you'll get lots of great food in L.A.
1: So, (laughs) yes, I'm excited for that.
0: But yeah, that's exciting. And I guess the final question and we ask in every interview and I know we asked you last time, but. I have to ask, why do you think more black women should travel?
1: No, I love this question. And I'm going to give a a similar, similar, but slightly different answer this time, because I've really been reflecting not only on my own journey, but a lot of my clients that I'm helping take career breaks to create a travel lifestyle have been black women and thinking about their experiences, you know, freedom is freedom is so embedded in the travel experience. And I think. Seeing that there's another way to live, seeing that you can access that freedom and that it is for you and not just for others is really powerful. And I think it allows us to access a lighter, freer, um, happier, and sometimes even more fulfilled part of ourself. And I feel like, you know, we deserve that 10,000 times over. And so I think that's, you know, one of the gifts of travel.
0: Yeah, I 100% agree with your last answer and this one, Um, more of us should travel, get that experience, do whatever we want to do because we deserve to see the world, you know, and the world deserves to see us. So Exactly.
1: Exactly. And it's just like the way that I just like the world open, right? When you start to be able to do this magical thing and be delighted and surprised by life, it's just like that is power. And so I, I love that for us.